Yo, what is up, everyone? Welcome back to Sports Now with Darius and Aiden. Um, today, we are talking about what we got from this NBA preseason. We're going to go very in-depth on what we believe we saw, what we believe needs improvement, and what we disagreed and agreed with. But without further ado, we're going to start off with our first topic, the Los Angeles Lakers, and them not winning a single game in the preseason. What are your thoughts, Darius? It is the most overreacted type things I have ever heard over, over like the past couple of years. You know, just a quick reminder, you know what I'm saying? You know, last season, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns made it to the NBA Finals, and they didn't win a game in the preseason as well. So I really don't get where you guys are going at with this. But at the end of the day, I still have the Lakers as the best team in the Western Conference, and it really should not really be up for discussion. I don't see any team that has, a, that has as much depth as the Lakers. The closest thing I see, the closest team, I, the closest team I see that has as much depth to the Lakers is pretty much probably either the Utah Jazz, the Warriors, or the Nuggets. But besides that, we all know the Lakers are a better team than all three of those teams. So, you know what I'm saying? And Aiden, I know you have a different opinion on that. But the Lakers right now, going to the regular season. Depth-wise, talent-wise, and what I know what to expect from Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Russell Westbrook, they are clearly the best team in the Western Conference, so there's really no need to overreact. What do you mean? LeBron just dropped 36-6 in his, in his latest preseason game, so no reason for concern. I still don't know if AD is going to be available past 30 games, so we'll see. And love Rondo, love Dwight, but I don't know. Um, Russell Westbrook is going to do Russell Westbrook type things. LeBron is LeBron. We'll see if number six can resurrect what's left. But I don't, I'm not saying that they're going to miss the playoffs. Don't, now don't misquote me on that. They're definitely going to be like a one through five seed. Right? One through four. One through four. Scratch, we'll take off that five because I don't want to create a moment here. One through four. One through four will be their seeding. And I am no way in any shape or form talking about the Suns here. The Suns can go lie down and die as an organization for all I care. But with all that being said, let's get to the next topic. Zion Williamson. What the fuck is going on with the Pelicans? You know, Aiden, like I've always like said this. I've said this like the past like one or two seasons that the Pelicans are pretty much feeling Zion and Brandon Ingram. And, you know, my thoughts even increased that. My thoughts were increased off of that by, you know, Lonzo Ball going to the Chicago Bulls. So you look at the Pelicans last season, go 31 and 41. They missed the playoffs. They didn't even make it close to the playing tournament. You're coming off of a disappointing uh, season and capped off with the horrendous offseason. Like the two biggest additions, you know, I really saw was adding Devontae Graham from the Hornets and then adding Jonas Valanciunas in exchange for, I believe, Stephen Adams, you know, guarding like the Pelicans, guarding the Pelicans, Memphis Grizzlies straight, you know, but it went downhill from there. Now, I do believe the Pelicans have playing potential, and I know Zion Williams is probably going to miss, I believe, you know, the start of the rookie season. Brandon Ingram is an all-star, Zion Williamson is an all-star, but besides of that, but outside of that, you're coming into the season with a new head coach, the third head coach in three seasons for the Pelicans, the third coach in Zion Williamson's three-year career with the Pelicans. So it's a lot of questions to answer for the Pelicans. But as of now, the Pelicans are in deep hole that I don't believe they can that I don't believe that they can get out of right now. 
All right. Well, obviously, I have my own opinions as well as Zion. An injury definitely doesn't help. Uh, I think Brandon Ingram is still going to be phenomenal, do a Brandon Ingram type things. And I'm definitely concerned about the future of this team. And I think that I don't know if the Pelicans will ever be back. I mean, you got your chosen one. Congratulations. And he's an all-star in his second season and like his never average less than 20 points and is carrying the massive offensive and defensive load. You lost Lonzo, who was probably one of the best perimeter defending point guards, maybe even one of the best paint defending point guards in the entire freaking league. And you lost him as a, not only a defensive presence, but as a veteran presence to that very young team. And obviously him and Zion's connection was very, very close. Um, we will see. Next topic on the board, Charlotte Hornets. What are you feeling? You know, I'm feeling, I'm like, you know, 68 point-ish right now. You know, <laughs> I mean, right now, like, I have a lot of, you know, love for the Hornets as far as like young teams as far as talent wise they're gonna like be one of the superior young teams in the league and I've said this on multiple occasions you know even five years I'm gonna be up there let's say with Chicago they say together and some of these other young teams as well but right now you're looking at the Hornets here you went you go 33 and 39 last season make the playing tournament but lose to I believe Indiana um in that 9-10 seed matchup then you know in my mind, the Hornets did have a disappointing golf season. You know, you missed out on a couple of marquee free agents, but you do it, but you did somehow, you know, land Kelly Oubre. Then you add James Booknight. So I believe he has he's had a pretty solid preseason so far for the Hornets here. But so far, the Pelicans still have playing potential, but they're not there yet. They're not there yet. But you know, sixty eight point ish is what I'm feeling right now for the Hornets, man. Sixty eight points, man. Incredible. Sixty eight points, man. Okay, obviously you are feeling a certain way about that. Um, <laughs> I think the Charlotte Hornets will definitely be an okay team. They're definitely going to make the playoffs, right? Definitely, especially with the playing tournament now in action. Permanently they're making the playoffs. There's no way they're making the playoffs. No. Okay, you say that now, but watch what happens later. I am there. I'm not saying they're going to be like. A, they're probably going to be like the number seven or number eight seed. But that's still the fucking playoffs. No, okay. they're, they're not making this an aiding. I'm just saying, like, no, before we move on, they're like, like, let me just, I'm mean, seeing this right now. You look at number one, Nets, you know, Bucks, Heat, Hawks, Celtics, Bulls, Sixers. You know, this is where it gets pretty interesting. I have the Knicks and the Pacers over the, have Knicks, Pacers, and the Wizards over the Hornets. Like, I have the Hornets as the 11 seed. Like, there's playing tournament potential, but there's no way this year. No way. No way. Okay. No way. And they say that all the time. But I think that a little ball without a shattered wrist and maybe, like, some other point guard help would definitely maybe get them there. And, obviously, um, the whole Miles Bridges situation, what an L. But... <laughs> We never, we, I know we never acknowledge that. It's, it's horrible to acknowledge that now, but that team just taking L's all over the place. Um, Next up on the agenda, the Miami Heat. Are you feeling the heat? I am the third best team in the Eastern Conference, only behind the Nets and the Bucks. I really do love that addition of Kyle Lowry. Then you have guys like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. Mark my words. Tyler Heroes. Tyler Heroes an all-star this year. Mark my words. All-star this year. 
He's not all-star. an all-star. Six man of the year, probably. All-star this year. Mark my words. All-star He's not an all-star, but that's All-star not this fucking year. Mark, no, Mark okay. My words. Okay, sure, man. He's not an all-star, but Mark my words. He's a six man of the year. He, he's a six man of the year candidate. He's a six man of the year candidate. I'll give you that, but he's not no all-star. But other besides that, you get the heat here. You you go 40 and 32 last season. But you know, yeah, at this point. Off, yeah, disappointing postseason. I believe you lose to the Bucks in the first round. You win the money NBA championship. You have solid additions in free agency. You know, you made great replacements for those losses. You you lose, I believe, Trevor Reese to the Lakers. You lose Kendrick Nunn to the Lakers as well. But then you add guys like PJ Tucker from the Bucks, and we know how pivotal he was for that team. You add, I believe, Mark Keith Morris from the Lakers. You know, and then you. You know, you have some more additions as well. You have more capable defenders. You have more capable scorers, more capable facilitators. Then you look at that mix between Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, and, you know, Kyle Lowry. That's a great trio. I see the Heat making a lot of noise this season. They may be the number one seed in the East this season, you know, as far as regular season go, but they're not the most talented team in the East. They're not the most talented team in the East, but as far as regular season goes, I can see the regular season going in the Miami Heat's favor, but at the end of the day, I still see I still see two more teams better than the Heat this season, and it's the Nets right. and the Bucks. All right, the next two teams I'm just gonna chunk together real quick: Knicks and the Hawks. Knicks and the Hawks. Feeling either I am. I'm feeling the Hawks and the Knicks. I feel like the Knicks are keeping it real. They're going to make the playoffs again this season. I see the Knicks as the eighth. I see the Hawks as the fourth seed. Let me start with the Atlanta. You go 41 and 31 last season. You give max contracts to Trey Young. You give max contracts to John Collins. You know, you had two great steals in the draft. You draft Jalen Johnson out of Duke and you get Sharif Cooper in the draft as well. Uh, and my big mark for the Hawks this season, I feel like the Hawks are ready for the challenge, but they're not, you know, but they're not. Up there with the Heat, you know, the Nets, the Bucks. There's just different levels to this, man. And, you know, the Hawks are like really pretty much the best young team in the East, you know. But, you know, I, I'm feeling the Heat. I'm feeling, excuse me, I'm feeling the Hawks. But now let me move to the Knicks. And you go, you sign Kimball Walker, you sign Fournier, you, you draft Clinton Grimes in, in the draft. And again, I still I still do see the Knicks as a threat. That may sound pr- pr- pretty off, but I still see the Knicks as a threat. Julius Randle is going to have another great season. Derrick Rose is going to have another great season. I can see a lot of moves from Kimmel Walker, you know, who averaged, I believe, 19 points last season. You know, he's been averaging like 20 plus points for his career ever since, I believe, like 2014, 2015, like for the past seven years. So I expect a lot of noise from both teams this season. I see both of those teams as playoff contenders this year. Right. I definitely think, and I'm feeling them as true contenders. All right. The last of the, I guess you could say, exciting teams that we're going to cover in this episode. We're still going to cover a couple more teams, but this is probably the most interesting team that we could probably talk about. Chicago Bulls. What do you feel? I'm, I'm loving this Bulls team because preseason-wise, like I like the mix. How you start a preseason by actually playing your stars. You play DeMar DeRozan. You play Zach Levine. You play Lonzo. You play... Alex Caruso, you play Kobe White going into this preseason, you get them all acquainted to each other as far as chemistry-wise. Now, you look at the Bulls last season, you know, go 31-41. and 41. And I do believe the Bulls would at least make the playing tournament if it wasn't for exactly being COVID concerns. But let's not forget, we still have Nikola Vucevic, who's arguably one of the best shooting big men in the game. You know, in this offseason, you filled in major holes. You still have a great opportunity to compete in the East, despite some 
defensive concerns I see in the regular season of the stretch, where I believe from at least like late October or late November, you know, where you're playing some of the top premier teams in the league, as far as like, you know, the Lakers and the Nets and then the Bucks and, you know, your championship contenders. So I should expect a lot more from the Bulls this season. You're going to be one of the most exciting teams in the league. I just as a playoff team again. But, uh, you know, I'm very excited to see this Bulls team. They were incredibly talented. They were great to see in the preseason. So I'm excited to see what they're going to do in the regular season when the NBA season kicks off this week. Right. All right. Jumping back to the Western Conference, what are your feeling on the Warriors? Mike and the Warriors here, man. And, you know, in the draft, at first, my immediate reaction to them drafting Moses Moody, I was not a big fan of it. But then when I thought You're not a big Moses Moody fan? No, I said when they drafted him, when the Warriors drafted Moses Moody, I was not you know, a big fan of it, you know, not knowing give Clay Thompson was going to start, you know, to start off the season. But, you know, but when I thought over it, I really did like the move, right? You, you know, you draft Jonathan Kaminga, you bring in Moses Moody, you know, in the offseason, you bring in guys like Iguodala, you bring back Iguodala, you, you sign in Otto Porter, you know, those are great big moves. I still expect another great individual season from Steph Curry. He's probably going to lead the league in scoring, or he's going to at least be in the mix to lead the league in scoring again. And, you know, I'm liking the Warriors here. As of now, I have them as the third seed in the Western Conference when healthy. Like I said earlier with the Moses Moody uh, pick, it really does give, again, Clay more of an opportunity to get back to the groove of things after seen like two whole seasons with injury. Jeremiah Green, we all, know, we all know who he's capable of. But I like the nice uh, – I really do like how Steve Kerr – and I'm interested to see how Steve Kerr is going to manage this rotation. Is it going to be like an eight to ten man rotation, or is like what scheme is going to run? Like you know, Steph Curry actually has options this season compared to last season. So I'm very excited to see what the Warriors are going to do this season. And they were very excited in the preseason. I see I saw a lot of guys that had a lot of potential this season. So this season, I expect a lot from this Warriors team and Steph Curry individually. All right. Well. I've only got a couple more teams. I've actually maybe only got three more teams for you. The first of those three, Boston Celtics. What do you feel? You know, Aiden, when I'm looking at the Celtics team, you know, I still see them as like a top five seed in the East. But they're, but again, I do see some questions as far as like whether or not they're really going to be the enforcer, right? The enforcer. You know, and last season, their season was pretty mediocre. You know, you go 36 and 36, I believe. You know, in the offseason, you bring in Dennis Schroeder, you bring in Al Horford again, you bring in Ennis Canner, you bring in Josh Richardson, you hire a new coach in Emma Yudoka, uh, who was the assistant coach for the Brooklyn Nets last season. And he has a plan to implement like a pass oriented offense. And Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, they're going to do their thing, but. Depth of wise, depth was the key issue for the Celtics last season. So I'm looking to see how they really, you know, attack that specifically. But outside of that, so far this preseason, I'm liking the development Jason Tatum had in the offseason. And I'm liking how he implemented it, especially in the preseason as well. Uh, same thing goes for their depth. You know, I'm liking how Emma Yodoka is really managing Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum's minutes. And... You know, so far as depth, I need to, I'm need to see how they 
manage that as far as regular season. So goes up. I see the Celtics as a top five seed in the East, but that could really change. But they show a playoff continue for sure. Without a doubt. All right, I'm gonna throw you curveball with these last two. First of those curveballs is the Sacramento Kings. Uh, the Kings are the Kings, man. Um, you know, just so disappointing to see. And you know, again, I already this. I you know, I said this a couple episodes ago. You know, you have all this talent between like Darian Fox, De'Aaron Fox, who has this massive contract, and then you have guys like Buddy Hield, and then let's not forget about Tyrese Halliburton, and you know, Marvin Bagley the third. And David Mitchell, you draft, you know, the main national champion out of Baylor. And you still find a way to be the same old Kings. You have, like, honestly, one of the best solid, yeah, yeah, one of the best young cores in the league. And you still find a way to be this mediocre for so many years. Coaching-wise, Luke Warren is going to be out of there. Um, let's say maybe even going to get to this season, in the middle of the season, or, or probably – this upcoming offseason, Luke Vaughn is probably going to be out of there. There's no way the Sacramento Kings are going to succeed with him this season. But so far this preseason, you know, you catch a couple of wins, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, those preseason wins are not going to translate to, you know, regular season success. So at the end of the day, the Kings will still, at the end of the day, find their way at the bottom of the standings again. So same old Kings. Right. Obviously, there's a couple of teams that I left out. If you want us to do a part two, you can leave that down below. But for the last team, the last team, I told you I was going to throw you another, another curveball. What are you feeling on the Toronto Raptors? Aiden, this is pretty bold. And I've seen some implications that the Toronto Raptors are a bottom three team in the Eastern Conference. They're a bottom three team. And, you know, I like the Scotty Barnes pick, you know. You took a huge risk, you know, driving him before, like, guys like Jalen Suggs, you know. I didn't like the pick. I'm going to be open about that. I love Scotty Barnes, and I think he was part of one of the greatest, if not the greatest, high school basketball teams to ever grace the court, but I thought there were better players than him available. And right now, I see the Toronto Raptors, you know. I don't see... I don't see them having enough talent to be in the playoff mix. I see Cav I see the Hornets, I see the Cavaliers being in like that playing mix, but I don't see Toronto right now. Because like look, you went twenty seven and forty five last season. Pascal Siakam, Pascal Siakam is continuously being in trade rooms as far as like, you know, Ben Simmons, you know, concerned, you know, Ben Simmons trade rooms go. So Pascal Siakam is being in that mix. OJ Ananobi, I'm seeing a lot of great things out here, especially in the preseason as well. But as far as that goes, you know, Goran Dragic really did not want to be there after that sign trade. Kyle Gary in the Heat. So as of now, I don't see the Raptors going through the season being in that playoff mix, that playing mix. But then again, you know, I see Masai Ujiri. You know, he's done incredible things for this organization. So I could see the Raptors being back in the playoff, playing in mix very, very soon. And that could happen as soon as next season. But right now, this season, I don't see that happen for the Raptors. All right. Obviously, there were teams, again, I'm going to mention this. Obviously, there were teams that we didn't mention, um, teams that you would most likely 
like us to give you. And by the way, if you notice, I strategically left off some teams that we could do videos on. So if you'd really like us to put out, put, <laughs> can't talk, put out our opinions on some of the teams that I left out, then make sure to leave that down below. But without further ado, this has been Sports Now with Darius and Aiden. I'm Aiden, that is Darius, and we will see you on the next episode. Peace.